Welcome back to another episode of Mark G. Richardson's Remodeling Mastery. This series is brought to you by Surefire Local. Have you ever planned out your ideal day? Well, in this episode, Mark will explain how you can go about doing that. If you think about the days you hit it out of the park, you'll learn to understand how you can start designing your day around those days that felt the best. Over to you, Mark. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that's really designed to help you take your business to the next level. I think there's a lot of educational tools, but the reality is it's a bit confusing, not only in business in general today, but certainly in the remodeling industry. What I try to do is take different topics, topics that are really ones that I think you should be thinking about and reflecting on your business, but also to try to give you some pretty specific tactical kinds of things that you can integrate in and take your business to the next level. This podcast series is supported by the National Association of the Remodeling Industry, as well as one of the leading publications, Professional Remodeler Magazine. Also, it is produced by my friends at Surefire Local, so special thanks to them. Today, I want to be talking about a topic that is, I think, one that touches every single business, every single business owner, and for the most part, many of the people within the business itself. You know, it's one of these topics that I think also is really the separation between the good and the best individuals and companies. And it's really something, regardless whether you're being in the remodeling business or in another type of business, I think you can benefit from really spending time thinking about this subject and certainly listening to some of the little insights and tips. The focus of today's topic is on designing your ideal day. Now, this sounds a little bit kind of a wordsmith or maybe a little bit of a fantasy about designing the ideal day. But the reality is, if you really think about those days that you really hit it out of the park, they were really different in terms of the fundamental day, in terms of how they all came together, than those that, you know, really the plane kind of crashed and burned, so to speak. So what I want to do is I want to spend some time helping you understand, I think, the subject kind of from a 10,000-foot level, but also give you some very concrete tips and ways that you can design your day. If you think about this whole word of ideal, what's an ideal day? You know, we're out there in business helping clients all the time, and we're talking about what, what's the ideal kitchen? What's the dream kitchen? What's the fantasy, so to speak, in terms of what they want to try to accomplish? You know, what's the ideal location in terms of where a person lives relative to school and their work and certainly the environment? I think you can take that same methodology and thinking when it comes to your day as well. You know, there's many, many different ways to look at it, but we're all dealt with the same cards, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But what is the difference between those that control it and those that don't? You know, in my book, Control Your Day Before It Controls You, The Seven Steps to Time Mastery, which I encourage you to reach out to my friends at Surefire Local, which will be happy to send you a copy, or you can go to Amazon or one of the major uh, book kind of delivery systems and be able to get it. But it really focuses on that whole notion. If you can't control your day, if it's controlling you, you're never going to have, I think, the level of success and f- fulfillment that you want.
So let's talk about this whole notion of designing the ideal day. Because I think if you start to use that parallel, just like you do with remodeling projects and construction projects or business plans or designing different kinds of things when it comes to spaces, I think that you would understand the subject better, but also be a little uh, more, more effective. So I've actually created, in doing this podcast, I created kind of seven tips, seven insights, seven kind of ways that you could kind of put this in action. And I would encourage, you know, just jot down these seven, but also don't hesitate to re-listen to this podcast if you want to, or you can also reach back to Surefire, who I've done webinars on Time Mastery, and they can actually send you copies of slides of different kind of things that I've done on this subject that I think help to even more make it more visual and understandable. So the first one I jotted down is you got to make it a priority. You've got to make designing the ideal day a priority. Just like with a remodeling client, if they're going to work effectively and have a world-class project, they have to make it a priority. They have to make it something that is really important. As you really think about, okay, what is a really a priority? You know, a priority is where you put the right level of focus. You know, your focus on designing the ideal day needs to be more like a laser focus, not like a wide-angle focus. You also need to be committed. You have to put some skin in the game, and you got to be committed, and those around you have to be committed to help you have an ideal day. And lastly, you have to invest some time. You have to literally carve out time if, in fact, you're going to be able to design what the ideal day is. Now, I've done workshops on this subject, and those that come into a workshop, whether it's a one-hour webinar, whether it's a three- or four-hour workshop, they are making a commitment. They're putting in a stake in the sand, and they're saying, you know, I really want to take my time mastery game to the next level. I really want to design that ideal day. Now, you may be driven by this uh, from the perspective of having a high degree of stress. You may be driven by wanting to accomplish more. You may be just disappointed that you're not creating the level of promises and exceeding the expectations of those around you. But whatever the motivation and the reason is that you want to be able to improve on this subject, it's got to be a priority. And if it's a priority, I think you're going to put in, I think, the calories that it's going to take to really take this to the next level. The second thing I think that you want to think about is what is the right amount of time for different kinds of activities. Now, before we get into taking inventory of your time, what I want to do is I want to have you think about kind of your day. Think about the cadence. Think about the flow within the day. You know, many years ago, I created a fairly simple chart, and this simple chart had on the vertical column the different times of the day, and then on the horizontal column, the different activities and the mindsets. So if you literally make a little chart for yourself, and you start in the vertical column, and you say, okay, early morning, mid-morning, late morning, midday, afternoon, evening, 
late evening. Now, those are all different times of the day that you then have different kind of cadences, different kind of flows, different kind of ways that you think about things. So then try to articulate for yourself with each one of those what your mindset is, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the kind of activities you're doing during that time. So, for example, uh, for myself, early in the morning, it's a very reflective time. It's almost a meditative time for me. So an activity that would be appropriate would be more deep planning, more really thinking through medium and long-term activities. You know, might also need to do this in a relatively quiet place because it's very hard to have deep planning and reflective meditative things if you're doing it sitting at the breakfast table with your family. Mid-morning, at least in my case, I tend to be a little bit more creative. That's probably when my most creative time of the day is, is between the hours of, say, 8.30 and 11 o'clock. What I would call mid-morning, that's when I'm really, really creative. That's when the juices are flowing. And in this case, that's when it'd be maybe a good time to design. Or in my case, that's oftentimes where I'll record a podcast or I'll do uh, uh, some writing of a column or blog or something that's a little bit more of a creative activity, putting together a talk um, at that time. I also think about, okay, where do I do this? Where do, what's the best place for me to do these creative activities? And I've created an environment that's also quiet, but it's really more of an office environment that really helps me to really optimize what I'm trying to accomplish. Later in the morning uh, is really when my productive time kind of kicks in. That's when, you know, if you think about this as an athlete, that's when you're in your groove. That's when you're really cranking, so to speak. So in that productive time, which in my case, it might be 1030 to 12 o'clock in late morning before, before midday, uh, that's when I tend to do a lot more cranking of presentations and those kind of things, you know, projects. And again, finding the right kind of place to do that is certainly appropriate. Now, as I get into later in the day, more the afternoon, that's when I want to really have more interactive time, a lot more people time. So I tend to schedule either lunches or meetings or interactive discussions with people later in the day. That's when I'm not really reflecting so much on the creative stuff, but I'm really moving forward in terms of the relationship kind of activities. That's when I oftentimes schedule these things. And then late in the day, that's when more administrative activities happening because that's what I want to start to wind down. That's when it's really not the brain is kind of working at full speed, but I'm starting to do those rote kind of activities, administrative activities, returning kind of emails, those kind of things that I really need to get done and certainly need to get done in a proactive way, but they don't necessarily require the same level of energy and calories. Now, I'm using this simple chart because if you understand yourself better, you can more likely design when you're doing certain kind of things relative to when you have the right mindset. And what I find with people that I coach and I work with, some people tend to be really high energy early morning people and some people that's late in the day. So I'm not here to judge which one you should be or even design the prescription to be which one you should be. But you need to take some inventory, I think, and get to know yourself a little bit. 
The third element I think you need to look at if you want to design and create an ideal day is take some inventory on your proactive versus your reactive time. Now, proactive time is where you control it. Reactive time is where it controls you. In the remodeling business, I find more than ever the speed of business today, the speed of all the activities that you do, tend to crank up more that reactive time unless you kind of turn it against the grain, so to speak, and control it more. You know, a good rule of thumb is take some inventory and ask yourself, what percentage of my day is reactive versus what percentage of my day is proactive that you control, that you plan, that you have. So examples of that, for example, if you have a one-hour meeting with a client, that's proactive, you're controlling it. Whereas if you all of a sudden find out a wind is not showing up and you have to make three or four calls, that's a reactive activity you have to do, or if you're interrupted by a team member or certainly by a client. So by taking some inventory yourself and asking that question, I think you can determine the percentage of the blend. Now, when I ask people or audiences this question, you can imagine that the, the numbers are all over the place. Some people are majority of it, 50% or more is reactive, and some people it's just the reverse of that, that the proactive is much higher. What I will say is a common denominator, the most successful, the most productive, the most fulfilled people have a high degree of reactive time. So what you want to do is take some inventory, and after you take some inventory of that question for yourself, reflect on it, what you want to do is ideally work towards a higher degree of proactivity. Now, in a perfect world for most of the roles in a, in a remodeling business, whether it's sales, project manager, owner, leadership, that kind of role in a remodeling business, that blend ideally you want to work towards is about 80% proactive and 20% reactive. So you need to take inventory, you need to be honest with yourself, take a look at the last week or 10 days and just ask yourself, what percentage of my time is reactive versus proactive? Now, once you determine what that is, then the question is, let's say it's 50-50, the real goal is to have baby steps to improvement. The baby steps to improvement in this case are looking at ways that you can move the 50-50 to 55-45, 55 proactive, 45 reactive. Then you want to move it from 60-40. There are three sources of reactive activity that you can start to adjust and tweak. The first one is uh, your clients. The second one is your team members. And the third one is your family and friends. Those represent generally about 80% of all the reactive activities that are out there. So my suggestion and advice, if you want to improve it, again, incremental improvement, it'll take some time, just like getting in shape, to really see a dramatic shift in this. Start with, on Monday mornings, reaching out to every one of your clients, either in an email, a text, a phone message, or a direct call, for every one of your active clients. And let's say you have five to ten active clients. And all you want to do is proactively acknowledge them, certainly let them know you hope they had a nice weekend, but most importantly, you want to control what the communication is with them during that week. You might set up an appointment for a call. You might ask them, you know, when 
certain times of the day are the best times for them to reach you. You might say, you know, I'm going to be out at your job site at a certain time. Uh, it'd be great if you made a list of the kind of things and then we'll go over them at that time. Whatever that is, is start to see the shift in that. Once you start to do that with clients, you're going to start to see, it's going to take a little bit of time, you're going to start to see that gradual shift coming across. The second source is your team members. Now, the reality is, is that you get a lot of interruptions from team members during the day. So what I want you to do is rather than just drop everything and react and be in that reactive mode where you're oftentimes a little bit more stressed, a little bit more impatient, what I want you to do is say to that individual, would it be okay if we talked about this at 1 o'clock, at 1.30? Just ask that question. You know, what you can do is shift it from, from reactive to proactive where you're controlling it. Now, will you be able to do that all the time? Of course not. But of 10 of those interruptions, what I found in working with different people, three or four of them, they say, sure, they just set the time. Two or three of those, they say, no, this is a fire we've got to deal with right now. And then there's probably three or four in the middle that, quite frankly, might go on and solve it themselves because they all they were doing is looking at you as the path of the least resistance in terms of their issue or their questions. So if you can focus on spending some time, taking some inventory, coming up with a plan on your proactive versus reactive activity, that'd be a good thing to do. Okay. Number four is take inventory of your day. Now, I talked earlier about trying to understand yourself and, you know, what's the best type of mindset and activity during the different parts of the day. But taking inventory of your typical day now is a little bit different than it is uh, looking at how you kind of function the most effectively. So what I want you to do is when it Again, create a little chart for yourself and come up with five to seven different activities that you do during the day. For example, if you're involved in sales in this, you obviously have sales appointments, you have maybe marketing activities, you have site visits, you have project work where you're actually working on projects and estimates, you have internal meetings, and then you may have administrative things. You know, try to come up with those five to seven categories that represents a typical day for you. So all you do in a simple little spreadsheet or chart is list those five to seven activities. Then what you want to do is take a look at the last week or two and write down the number of hours that you spend per week in each one of those categories. You might even want to go back three or four or five weeks to really have an accurate. Now, you're using this as somewhat of a subjective way to do this, so you might want to first do it subjectively and then go back a month later or so and do it more objectively by tracking your time. Now, what I've found in doing this exercise with different individuals is that you can actually can track what those actual times are. If I know what the times are, then I can ask myself the question, you know, if I had a blank slate, if I could fantasize, 
what would be ideal amount of hours for each one of those categories. Now, when I did this exercise with a Top Gun salesperson about a year or two ago, what we found was by shifting some of the activities, some of the time from uh, site visits that were a little bit unnecessary, some of the administrative time, we were able to build more time into one more sales appointment a week and a little bit more time on training and a little bit more time on marketing. And as a result of that shift, this person was able to increase not only their close rate because they were investing a little bit more in training, but they also were able to get a higher volume of sales. So whatever your role is, if you look at, number one, look at the categories of your time, take inventory of the actual time that you spend on each one, and then list out the amount of time that would be ideal in a perfect kind of world. And then what you need is start to work towards that. So taking that inventory of time is number four tip on the list here. Number five is you need to start to be spending more time on the short, medium, and long term. Now, what's happening in the world today and certainly in our lives today, everything's so fast, we're focusing on so much of the short term and not enough of the medium and long term. If you think about this as kind of like a journey, we're staring right in front of the car, not in the horizon of where we're heading. And as a result, <clears throat> we're not only not only able to enjoy the journey enough, but we're also not necessarily the most effective we can in terms of really investing the time and the energy into the right things. You know, you should be asking the questions, am I on track with a goal? Well, if you're not clear in terms of what that vision and goal is, it's hard to really take inventory and really know, am I spending the right amount of time that's really accomplishing that long-term goal? So by spending some time really thinking about short, medium, and long-term, but then asking yourself on, an, on a regular basis, how much time am I spending on the longer-term goals and longer-term activities versus reacting to the shorter-term things? Number six is you've got to have a plan and you've got to have a system. You know, it's great for the first five tips in all this in terms of taking inventory and kind of knowing what you got. But now, you know, to put it in action is really what's critical. So you've got to have a plan. Now, in my book, Controlling Your Day, I created a time mastery system. It's a very specific system that you can use. However, whatever that system is, whatever that process is, just like if you're designing a remodeling project, you start with a process. You start by having an as-built. Then you look at what the program is and what you want to try to accomplish. And then you start to develop some ideas, and those ideas translate into the actual working drawings ultimately and the estimate and the flow chart and the, the, the go-ahead on the part of the client. Well, having that same process when it comes to planning your day is equally critical. You know, Norman Vincent Peale said, plan your work for today, every day, then work your plan. And if you break apart that simple little quote, first thing he said, focus on today. Focus on the plan for today. Do it every day so that you can have the habits and you, be, can, you can become masterful. And then, and only then, do you work the plan. Imagine, for example, with a remodeling project that you get out there and the client says, oh, I want to tear out my kitchen, tear out my bath. And he says, no problem. I'll have my people come in tomorrow and they'll start doing the demolition. 
before they even know where the plumbing's going to go or before you've ordered the cabinets. It's ridiculous. You would never do that. However, we do that every single day with our, with our own daily planning. You need that same degree of rigor when it comes to planning your day. And your plan for the day is not a to-do list. For most people out there, they do to-do lists. That's no different than, say, build deck. That's not a blueprint. It's not a flow chart. It's not an estimate. It's not alignment with the client of what you want to do. You know, you've got to have a plan, not necessarily just a to-do list. Number seven tip, I would say, is monitor, monitor, monitor. You've got to monitor this plan. Analogy and metaphor I oftentimes talk about when it comes to the monitoring process is, you know, a pilot flying from Washington, D.C. to California has not only a flight plan, but they monitor the progress as they're moving across the country. They're looking at weather conditions. They're looking at air traffic control. They're looking at whether there's a tailwind or a headwind. They're adjusting the altitudes accordingly to the comfort in terms of the journey along the way. Well, if you can draw that same metaphor and analogy when it comes to your day, as you're moving through this ideal day, you've got to monitor the journey. You've got to monitor the progress. You've got to make little tweaks to keep you on track to accomplishing what you want to accomplish. So that monitoring process is also very analogous to kind of New Year's resolutions. You know, I read recently that 92% of the time, New Year's resolutions fail. And they fail not because they were stupid resolutions or they weren't really worthy of investing the time and the energy. They fail because you didn't have a system, a plan, and a monitoring tool in place to be successful. So don't underestimate. You can have a great plan, and you can even have very well-intentioned in terms of goals and taking inventory. But if you don't have a system that allows you to take advantage of kind of the environment that you move through the day in the most effective way, you probably won't be as successful, and therefore you're going to be frustrated. So I want to summarize. You know, this is a topic that I think you can take your game to the next level. You can design your day, your week, just like you design other things. And if you can do that, the likelihood of your overall mastery of your business and taking it to the next level is not only much, much greater, but I think also you're going to be more fulfilled and certainly enjoy the process as well. So again, I want to thank all of my supporters of this podcast series with NARI, the National Association of the Remodeling Industry. I look forward to get out and market and speaking to different groups, as well as certainly my friends at Professional Remodeler and certainly my friends at Surefire Local for helping me put together this podcast and deliver it to you. If you really thought this content was really valuable to you, I would encourage you to subscribe to the podcast series. There's no cost involved. And when you subscribe to something, you're going to get it automatically on a regular basis as opposed to just click on an email that was sent to you or a particular request. So by subscribing to this, this allows you to have access to all the content probably about 75 or 80 different podcast topics, but also it allows you to get a simple drip of podcasts on a regular basis. So thank you to everyone, and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Mark. 
You just listened to episode 104 of Mark G. Richardson's Remodeling Mastery, brought to you by Surefire Local. I hope you were able to take away some key points into planning out your perfect day. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to Remodeling Mastery on your favorite podcast app. Thank you again, and we look forward to seeing you next time.